Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. on the rocks i'm mav i'm emily and i'm mandy and this is episode nine where we talk about uh ballad season one episode 10. uh it aired on november 18th 2009 which is a long time ago at this point uh, it was watched by seven uh 7.3 million us viewers and apparently was the highest rated program on the night of broadcast with adults and teens. So that's a thing. Quick background on the episode. Uh, let's see, Mr. Schuster splits the Glee Club into pairs to sing their favorite ballad. But when Matt gets sick, Mr. Shue is forced to step in and winds up in a sticky situation as Rachel develops a crush on him. Meanwhile, Finn and Quinn have to p- face the music when dinner with her parents goes awry. Quinn's parents learn that their daughter is pregnant and she moves in with Finn and his mother when her own parents throw her out. Puck reveals to Mercedes that he is the father of Quinn's baby, not Finn. And that's what we're gonna talk about on Glee. So yeah. we kind of got to the point where, you know, we've est- we've established and reestablished and re-reestablished uh, certain love triangles and and storylines and we're finally starting to get some movement towards some sort of conclusion allegedly the the big allegedly maybe um we'll get there so the whole let's i guess say let's split things up between you know finn quinn baby drama shoe rachel other drama and everything else (laughs) and the rest and the rest of things so Finn and Quinn and baby drama. Yes. Thoughts, feelings. Um, How are we on this portrayal here? You know, Finn's- yeah. I mean, Finn revealing the pregnancy for Quinn just sucked. Like that's that's not his news to tell. And, yeah, uh, not not at all. And uh, no, but I can believe he would do it. I know, I know. I mean, it. I guess it made sense that he would. It doesn't even slip though. Like he picked "You're Having My Baby" as a song, which is like a gross fucking song in the first place. When you listen to the lyrics, like it's just it's disturbing. But he he chose that song knowing that it's the most obvious way of saying this is happening. But I did I did in a way like. Quinn's parents as they're not villains really but I I liked their 
portrayal because there was something like deeply real and tragic about their reactions that I believed that these overprotective religious parents who view virtue and innocence as something that you can take away and that it's vital, especially for girls, is something that happens to people and it's something that people still believe and their their reactions fit with what we know of Quinn's upbringing. Like, I I agree with that. And that's part of what makes the rest of some of their plot lines so frustrating because you've got realism like this and then over the top behavior like Terry. Right. Existing Mm -hmm. side by side. I'm like, pick one because if you're trying both, then it doesn't work. Yeah. In one scene, you have these, they're, you know, they're imperfect parents, but they're doing, they're following their morals and, and guidelines doing what they think is best, even though they're totally batshit crazy and wrong. And then on the other hand, you've got like the height of Terry being out of her mind now. And it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a clash and it doesn't fit together. And it, I think it highlights a lot of the things that go wrong with Glee, where they try to tell you something really important and then slap you in the face with something that's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I, I agree that the, portrayal of her parents is sucks but it's good because i'm sure i knew i knew people i knew yeah. girls that were like quinn and parents like quinn's and so i feel like that was a real realistic portrayal um i just find the uh focus on a girl's chastity to be quite creepy oh it is and yeah. the whole concept of like chastity balls to also be super creepy. Um, I don't know if this is something as big in other parts of the country. Um, Mandy, I know we've talked about it, I believe. In the South, chastity balls are pretty big. Or like something of that nature. Yeah, we don't really have balls, but chastity rings. Mm -hmm. And like father-daughter dances where the father gives the daughter a chastity ring are are common. Yeah, we don't we don't really do that in uh, in my neck of the woods. But I was gonna say, with, without making it sound awkward, Emily, how how is that by where you live? <laughs> how how does that work in the in the Great Pacific Northwest? We don't do that shit. Sure. I mean, you know, uh, they get nice. a little they get a little Mormon in uh in Oregon and, and Idaho, but uh, so you know, know we don't Pacific. we don't ask what people do in Idaho. We just let them do it. <laughs> Same with parts of Utah, you're just like, you know what? We're not going to ask. Uh, but no, we're don't my. Ask, don't, tell. <laughs> don't ask, don't yeah. tell. My neck of the woods, uh, that shit would not fly. Yeah. I find endlessly fascinating in a morbid way. Just like, why Why it's such a. We're almost culture. like. Just thinking, like, we're, you know, Seattle's almost so far removed from that kind of a thing that you watch it like you're watching the Discovery Channel. Like, <laughs> what are these people doing? It does what make it interesting that Glee decided that they wanted that kind of representation in there too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if like that's a common Ohio thing. Oh, I have no it's, idea. I wonder yeah. if it was just Murphy exercising some, some childhood demons of <laughs> repression, and how else can he get some of that out? I mean, I feel I like be... a lot of the show can be traced back to that. <laughs> childhood dramas. <laughs> I would love to hear if this is something that happens in in Ohio because I I, I feel like 
it wouldn't be as common there as it is in the South, which isn't to say that it wouldn't happen with Clinton's parents, just like maybe that it'd be her parents are a little bit more conservative than others. That's why it's only her parents that do this and not like half the Cheerio team. Right. But, um, because there's yeah, the, it, the celibacy club, but that's really played for laughs. Yeah. And it's not like we ever hear. Yeah, and it was started yeah. by Quinn, so I could see how it would be. Maybe she started it, and it was, yeah, it's just a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I super don't see Santana going to a chastity ball. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. That's not, uh, I don't think that's her, her kind of a gig. Her um, gig. I did like, no. you know... We, we don't get a lot of like the girls with their moms in, in mm-hmm. Glee. So I, even though the, the scenes with her mom were kind of hard to watch because they don't go well, there is something really important about a girl needing her mom. I don't think we get a lot of, well, we don't really get a lot of adults, but, uh, or moms other than Carol. Yeah. So, and to be fair, Carol is awesome, but, um, Carol and yeah. her goddamn yeah. denim vest. <laughs> Oh, um, I just, I, I'm staring at a page that has a gif of, of, and singing to the, to that baby. Oh, is it an EKG? No, what is the song, thing? With sonogram. Sonogram. Thank you. I was going to say, what is the, the fetus gif? Thank you. <laughs> EKG what I get. Fetus gif was all I could come up with. But no, Carol walking in on him singing to it, and, I, and I'm just in my head, I go, <laughs> what would you do as a single mom? It's like, that's creepy and weird. And I, it's like, there's a lot of emotions. Poor Carol. Yeah, Carol I want to buy her a drink. Carol goes to the rigor. She does. All right, so then, any, ooh, I from... did. I know, I think the song was not out at the time, although I didn't do any research. I just needed someone to sing Britney Spears's Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman at that moment. <laughs> with Quinn and her mom, but it didn't happen. Uh, that would have been a good. That would have been good. There are so many songs that I feel like they they let go. Like yeah, so many opportunities from teenage pregnancy <laughs> to uh, misog- misogynistic portrayals of of girls and and creepy pedophilic behavior. So. Oh wait, are we are we talking about Mr. Shoe again? Is that might be? Is that I mean? Are we switching the show? I realize there's quite a few figures in the show. Yeah, (laughs) could be anyone. Just about, but no. uh, Back to uh, or not back to, but over to uh, over to Rachel and Mr. Shoe. (sighs) So that's a thing that they did. Like why? Mm, I know. So I find it ridiculous one ridiculous that okay the idea that a girl had develop a crush on her teacher not ridiculous how they played it is just dumb and i the whole storyline of i don't want to tell her because then she might try to kill herself yeah really mr shun kill himself are you just not was it Emma's line? She's like, these girls are too fragile. Like, go fuck yourself. I think so. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think was it Terry's advice? That was the one that said, like, you need to tell her, mm-hmm. set, like, set her straight. Like, that's that, that that's the right thing. To, like, no, that that's the right thing to say. I think, and then Emma was like, no, you should sing about it. It's like, no, Emma, you shouldn't sing about it. I mean, 
mean, if it's that no, serious of an issue, if the student is that invested, that then invested. normally I would say get the school counselor involved, but. Right. <laughs> I cool. mean, yeah, good point. Maybe don't try to handle the young teenage girl by yourself in private one on one situations. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. bring another adult in. I mean, and he, he does have Emma there when like he's singing to her, but again, I don't. I don't feel like Emma's helpful in this situation. I don't feel like Emma's an adult. Because Emma Emma spins the song like obviously drooling over him. So it's not really the role she needs to be playing. Right. Emma just looked like an idiot sitting there fawning over the song. And she knows what the song is about too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <sighs> it, it felt like they didn't have enough for Rachel to do, but they need Leah to be in the show. So they just threw something else out for Rachel to do. Because in previous, so yeah, it was, uh, like other episodes, she's all about fit, deeply in love with uh-huh. fit. And now she's discovering this crush that we've never seen any hints toward with Shu. And like, what's the point? We get it. People have crushes on their high school teachers and their college professors, and it's a whole thing. But there was such a better way they could have done this of another character could have had a crush on a different teacher it didn't have to be rachel and shu yet again you know i probably i could have potentially bought rachel being the one if maybe one or two episodes having rachel go okay um this came like after the whole baby and she thinks Quinn's having Finn's baby, so she's upset, so she goes, okay, and in her, like, I'm upset, and I'm trying to move on from Finn, I need to, I need to go for somebody that's older and more mature. I can, there are ways that this can work for me with Rachel, not with Shu, because fuck Shu, but, like, somebody else. Um, But, like, they they don't seem to, this is, this is such a, a repetitive thing I think we say it's like there are plot lines that could work if they put in the groundwork yeah and it's like they don't want to put the groundwork they just want to jump to the thing and it's like you can't have the thing out of nowhere you need lead up otherwise it makes no fucking sense there's so many things I could think of that I'm like cool I could believe that if you gave me any of these things but you gave me none of those things yeah so yeah. No. I mean, I they tried. Mm-hmm. They tried to reject your reality and substitute my own. Yeah. With yeah. um, her voiceover yeah. during the song of like, I never noticed how cute Mr. Shu was. Like, or we could have had a voiceover of her, in her her Rachel way of, I'm gonna get over Finn, and uh, in order to be my best self, in order to win sectionals, I need to set my sights on someone who appreciates me. Blah blah blah. And yeah. not it just being like. Oh, questionably attractive teacher. Let me do this. And again, yeah, like the actors dated, and it's just weird. Yeah, Look, that is definitely. Um, I, don't know many, I don't know how many times to tell you, uh, Glee is not a documentary. <laughs> I think Artie's face in that scene is all of our faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just that, like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Crush could have been a fun song for someone to sing that's a fun poppy song that a lot of the people watching Glee have a memory of in middle school I love that song. ruin it with just like 
two bars of it in the back seat of a car. Come on. Save that for a big dance number. For a big dance number. I'll, I, do, I will say I do like that Susie tells her to have more respect for herself. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic. I liked that part. I'm just like, have more respect for yourself than like Mr. Shu. It's like, that's right. Exactly right. How come they all have food-based last names? Wow. I hadn't actually realized that. Barry, Pepper, Pillsbury. Hudson isn't. No, but all the people who love Shu are. All the people with their creepy crushes on Mr. Shu. What's uh what's Terry's last name? Shu? <laughs> well before that. <laughs> yes, but before. Wheel or... of oh. oh, Del Monaco. You can make that into a food thing. Damn. I mean clearly there's, that's why there's a Del Monaco's restaurant. Okay. That works. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I think it's like a coffee shop. Probably also a steakhouse, considering. Anyway, not that important. Um, can, I, can I also add that he, he tells them they have to perform a ballad and they have to partner up. And um, like, so Will has to sing with Rachel, but like, he doesn't really. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't, like, it's not like, you know, singing by themselves is ever a thing that, you know, nobody else in this glee club does instead of having a duet partner. Also, or just it... have someone double up. Yeah. Like, have someone do too. Wouldn't it have yeah. also just been like a Rachel Berry moment for her to sing to herself? Like, I don't need to sing to a partner. It is such a Rachel Berry thing. Like, I can sing a ballad by myself. Absolutely. Especially because, you know, uh, the way he described it, that uh, a ballad is a song that expresses emotions that are too big or something like that. Doesn't, it's not necessarily a love yeah. song. Although, it, I mean, these it days it is. is- a thousand percent somebody who has emotions that cannot be fully expressed <laughs> that is like yeah. too big that is that is her to a t and just a reminder that mr shu doesn't know mike chang's name because he wrote those fucking cards and he put other asian on the card himself which i'm like we said like i'm sure <laughs> it's supposed to be a joke but in text in context it means he doesn't either doesn't know Mike Chang's name or didn't care enough to write it down. I mean, yeah, it's played for a joke, but in context, it's just casual racism. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Is it even casual? <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, because yeah, yeah I, think, I feel like that's pretty overt racism. But and in any that, case, does that also mean mm-hmm. that there was a card in there that said Asian on it? If Mike is other Asian, or did he write Tina? Because he called up Tina to pick a card. So if he hadn't called Tina, was there... A, Maybe her like, name is Tina, but he, he knows Mike is other Asian, and if he wrote Asian, he might go, Maybe, why did I write Tina twice? Yeah. <sighs> Piece of shit. <laughs> this kind of stuff that irritates me so much. Mr. Shu is somebody that would ask Mike... Uh, where did you come from? And he would say, <laughs> Ohio. He says, no, yeah. where-, where did you come from? And he goes, no, but really. God, I can <laughs> hear that in Mr. Shu's voice so yeah. perfectly. And That's Mike's like, well, my parents came from California? <laughs> exactly. Your grandparents. Like, why? They moved here from Sacramento? <laughs> Oh, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> uh, 
why. Yeah, so Chu's just a terrible person. I don't understand why he has to sing with children. It makes me question his motives. If my, my if I wasn't questioning them already, um, why dumb ideas, all of them. Sorry, I'm just muttering bitterly over here. <laughs> I was not. Uh, I was really turned off by Susie Pepper and the way she was portrayed, because I didn't need another like fawning, fragile psychotic girl in a TV show. And it's just a little misogynistic to have this, like she's going to eat a ghost pepper and try to harm herself over someone like Shu or anyone, anyone at all. That she's so delicate and so fragile and so feminine that she couldn't, she couldn't handle a crush on a teacher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It is really insulting portrayal. And it's also like, if, if the show wanted to do the thing where they were like, we're going to show um, mental health issues in a teenager. Yeah. Like if they wanted to do that and have it not be, Oh, silly girl has a really strong crush. Then they also did a horrible job of it because it was nothing but making her the punchline. Yeah. Just a punchline, just a girl who can't control herself. And the intimation I mean, that there's been others, too. Because Terry was like, all these scroll girl crushes on you. Like, how, really? You're supposed to believe that? How long has he even been a teacher there? I, I, I just, it gave me a Mary Sue feeling without really being Mary Sue-ish. And I'm not quite sure how to explain that. Like, like the reverse, like the worst character you could come up with? Like Marty Stew, I guess. <laughs> but almost like, as if, as if Will wrote this episode. Mm. And it's like, all of these, and that also makes me go. Do do all of these girls have crushes on you, or or are you just are you are you huh, just a dick? Are you just a white man? Are you just mm-hmm. a white guy? I'd love to see the same episode from like Susie Pepper's perspective, where she didn't have a crush on him at all. She just cared about her Spanish grade, <laughs> and like he's misinterpreting it's, everything yeah. she's doing as her being like wildly in love with him when really she was like I just wanted some extra credit like yeah. just give me give me Spanish vocabulary problems that's all I wanted dude I mean she, she realized that she was going way overboard with like thinking she had a crush and she was like this is creepy I'm not gonna be coming after school anymore for like Spanish yeah. like extra credit so I'm just gonna stop and he's like oh my god she's gonna kill herself because she's not coming in <laughs> just really wanted to like get into AP Spanish and thought that this would help. She wanted to get out of his Spanish class. Yeah. <laughs> She's just trying really hard to move on. She's like, if I, if I, I, I have to stay after school and deal with him, but then I can go on and actually learn stuff. And She's so... only eating those ghost peppers because she's like a, like a food eating champion. She does like yeah. hot wing. She does like hot wing challenges where you eat like forty hot wings in ten minutes, and she's just practicing. She, you, ha- you have to train for that shit. You can't just yeah. jump into a ghost pepper. No, you got to work your way up. And like, she had to stay on track. She had to stay on schedule. So like once a day, she's got to eat a hot pepper, and it just happened to be the time. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna assume that's what was happening. <laughs> I'd like to see the. Uh, the extra episode of Susie Pepper eating 40 hot wings on uh, <laughs> diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah. Oh my god, Susie Pepper's, uh, god, I'm trying to think, what would her, what would her Food Network show be? <laughs> her, yeah, her solo show, uh, 
<laughs> don't even know. Susie and I don't either. It's not going to bother me as I try to come up with it. Susie Pepper's Hot Pots? I don't know. Something like that. I could I could dig it. I could dig it. Uh, hot, hot, hot stops. Hot, hot stops. Good eat. I don't know. <laughs> this is why I don't write. She's copy. coming for all these brands. <laughs> the Alton, uh, the Alton she, Brown crossover. What if she's just a guest on Chopped? Oh my god! And I like, watched the shit out of that. And it was just like yelling at everybody because they're not making things hot enough. Okay, but also. Everyone's like losing their shit over. Are they going to do a Glee cast reunion? Like, sure, it's just going to be a Glee cast reunion on Chopped. <laughs> okay, they have I to... like the idea, but I'm going to say Cutthroat Kitchen instead. The oh, actual yeah. And also, <laughs> yeah. To see them fucking with each other. Yeah. Darren would be the one that would put like $15,000 on the first item for the first challenge. <laughs> Oh my god. Because he would just keep bidding. And Chris especially is just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and Kevin would win. Yeah. <laughs> Susie could be the um the taste tester. The taste tester, yeah. Word I was looking for. <laughs> Genius. Um, I'm glad we plotted this out. Like, can we get their contracts in the mail like ASAP? Ooh, are you allowed to use that word? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Well, red flag just uh, went up in my mind. Like, hold on, careful. Yeah, yeah, gotta, gotta get. Hold it. Certain people signatures down. <laughs> gotta extend those terms. The, the terms of agreement. The. Uh, uh, we'll have to. Uh, well, watch. We'll it. have to get away soon. Or I mean, I'd also watch the Glee cast on like Great British Bake Off. Aww. Just for the just for the puns. Fair. Just the puns, and I but like to the watch old, the food. Oh yeah, the no the, the original Bake Off, yeah. Oh yeah, the one, the one that I, the only one. Yes, the, the Bake Off. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's, in case anybody's unclear, the only no, one that. I, there's no other Bake Off. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, Glee. But, uh, sorry, off being... of the Glee Food Network mashup that we have now leave, leaving me wanting. Damn it. Moving from one inappropriate crush to the next underdeveloped and uh, useless inappropriate crush. You know, I, I said previously um, on this conflicting thoughts. And and I think that, that makes for kind of like a nice moving it to the end. Um, so, and I think my one of my conflicting thoughts kind of goes up against yours. Different than yours. Yours and Emily, yours and uh, Mandy's. So yes. I want to hear your your guys' side. Wait, you want me to go first? Am I diving into the fire? You're you gonna tell? You or Mandy? One of you guys go first. Mandy, you go. You're right. Okay. Tag. I mean, I just hate so much of how Kurt is portrayed in the entire first season, and this is like, for me, the beginning of when I just like slightly cringe watching him. Not mm-hmm. not strictly just because of Kurt, but because of the storylines they put him in. Uh, yeah, I just didn't like anything about the whole, like, Finn's discomfort. Like, maybe there are some touches of realism there, but mm-hmm. knowing what comes later with Finn in that whole subject, I don't know. I felt like it was played very sympathetic towards homophobic attitudes. 
Yeah. Yep. I um I hated the retconning of it. I hated the his little voiceover of that he's been in love with Finn since the first time we met. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You just decided this when you needed it to match in the episode. Like, I, I'm not here mm-hmm. for you deciding after the fact that something has existed the whole time when you could have planted that seed in the beginning. There's something tragic and interesting about misplaced affections, right? Like, Kurt gets bullied and shit on and hurt his whole life and then someone is nice to him sometimes because <laughs> sometimes Finn is just a dick but sometimes Finn is nice to him when nobody else is and that's like an easy that's an easy target for affection but mm-hmm. it's not built enough and it's it's framed in this weird like Kurt standing there like women are gross aren't they haha <laughs> like what do you what are you even doing you know Finn is straight and you know he's got 99 problems and what do you even do and a baby there? ain't one and a baby ain't one and like it's just it didn't oh, it just annoys me and it does it starts it starts Kurt down this really yeah obnoxious path of behavior I think what bothers me, I like, I can actually see the realism in, uh, like, barely out gay, what, 15-year-old at this point? Yeah. Um, falling in love with the only people, like, the only person who's nice to him that's, like, a, I'm not going to say a viable love interest, but, like, generally fits the category. But I just, I don't like that it's very obvious that Finn is uncomfortable with it, and... Finn is the male lead. Like, this is not a character flaw that actually reflects negatively on him anywhere except, like, a couple of tearjerker moments if you happen to really like Kurt. Yeah. It's just part of his personality that is not ever, like, I mean, it's touched on again once later, but then kind of just, like, comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Like, casually homophobic Finn. Yep. Yeah. Even though we said no relief just kidding just kidding yeah um interesting because I, I i totally understand and agree with the um the retconning and th- to be fair that that goes for everything that decide to do this now um the i guess the two the two um sides i was kind of battling or just the two thoughts i had you have the quote-unquote predatory gay kind mm. of idea um, which I, which on one hand makes me go, yay, thanks for showing that stereotype again, um, Ryan Murphy. That's definitely something that, that needs to be shown again. And then I also kind of keeps battling with, um, can't a 15-year-old gay kid that the only out gay kid actually just really want to have a crush on somebody and haven't, and haven't, like, many of us had crushes on people when we were growing up going, that were that were not appropriate in various forms, whatever they may be, whether that be uh, Rachel's inappropriate uh, crush on a teacher, as badly as it was portrayed. Uh, this was also a really inappropriate crush, and he had a inappropriate way of going about going. Okay, I'm just going to like make him 
realize that women are the problem. And I don't think as a 15 year old, you kind of understand, hey, that's not that's not cool. That's not yeah. how you handle sexuality. But then on the other hand, uh, Ryan Murphy, you do know that. And again, you're showing another whole predatory gay storyline. Yeah, how so many of those do we having, need? Yeah, I just I kept having those go back and forth and back and forth. And I still don't know where I'm sitting on it. I don't hate Which, it, but I don't yeah. love it. And it's like fine when a show uh, gets you to think and wonder and contemplate what the message is like that's totally fine and it should happen like you should rarely should you watch something and be like this is the only way to think of this like yeah there's there's no argument to be had here this is the way it is like that's that's not really how good writing works but yeah there's something it's it's like they miss the mark they miss the the tone's not right there's just something about it that feels off and i I wonder if it's because we are laden down with the uh, the expectations and the memory of the upcoming seasons where we know what Finn says and then we know what happens with Kurt and then we know we know what comes after this so it it doesn't feel uh new or exciting or questioning we're just like god okay we yeah move yeah, on Yeah I I definitely think I can't like detach my thoughts about it from things I know that happen later on. So that's definitely yeah. part of it for me. Which maybe isn't a bad thing. I mean, what we're doing is a retrospective and what we're doing is looking back and saying, how did the show develop and how did it come together and how did it work? And in, in retrospect, looking back in hindsight, this doesn't work and that's okay. I mean, it sucks cause it's like shitty to watch, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, or I guess shitty to watch again. But it was a reminder yeah. that for one whole episode, Kurt played the piano and then like 9 million fix were born. So, you know. You know, I feel like I could have dealt with this, like the, this form of, uh, of gay storyline if they didn't have like, you know, Ryerson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've just taken out Ryerson like all yeah. together. God, I wish. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good doing it again. Mm. In which yeah. case, you could, and I feel like in this in this instance, it's not creepy because, again, he's 15. And it's not hugely negative. It handled correctly. Um, it wasn't, again, and it wasn't... <sighs> but, you know, them, reusing storylines. Yeah, watching them in, in somewhat quicker succession than they aired is a little... They It crunches the time together a little bit more where you're like... Didn't this? Didn't we just see Ryerson? Didn't we just? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't we just do this? You don't have the benefit of them being a week apart or two. Well, this not in this case, but like generally, if you're watching them a little quicker, they. I mean, that's why binge. Spoiler: We were in the last one in the last podcast in this one. In case so you're mainline podcasts. Said oh, spoiler: yeah. Those podcasts were taped a little apart. In case you're mainlining podcasts. <laughs> Look, I've been in a car for a while. It's cool. I had things. I had to see a man about some things. <laughs> oh, I was trying to make a joke about a man in a dress being dead, but it didn't work. But I still brought it up anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go uh, catch the Golden State Killer. Well okay, done. Good job you. on that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. We appreciate it. <laughs> Honestly, that's all I've been thinking about for a week, so. Uh, I, I don't 
enough about this. So I'm going to have to like read this book. We can, we can talk about this later. Cause I'll talk about this for like the next six hours. So we can, Fabulous. you don't want to, you guys there. can catch our podcast on the golden state killer next <laughs> <laughs> later. Which is just me reading to you from Michelle McNamara's book. <laughs> it's really just a voice. It's a just recording of that. Yeah, it's just me reading it aloud. Uh, I mean, sounds good. I'm there. Just, My dulcet uh, tones. <laughs> I'll just lay down and close my eyes and, and listen to uh, listen to you read me a book. Yeah. Um, so and tonight, yeah, just, uh, page one. Page one. <laughs> About a serial killer. This this is it'll be very soothing. <laughs> Chapter one. Like the only thing better than that would be like if it was on, oh, the guy from Chicago. Oh yeah, with the murder house. The murder house guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that would be more soothing, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. What was that dude's name? Oh, H. H. Holmes. I knew there were H's involved. Doctor Henry Howard Holmes. If their name is that alliterative, no matter who they are, you should never trust them. If you ever look at a picture of him, he has a stellar mustache. Good to know. Yep. I do remember I tried to watch a Netflix documentary on him, and I had to stop because it was starting to creep me. Oh, dude, There's that's all I do are watch Netflix uh, documentaries on serial killers. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I feel, I feel like we've got, we got off on a tangent here. I'm sorry, guys. We've this tangent- was important, though. This is important. Uh, did um, anything else happen in this episode? Because, like, not really. Back to baby. Um, well, Pup did tell Mercedes about... Being the baby daddy? Being baby daddy. Yeah. Um, I'll be yeah. honest, that didn't really stick in my head as far as a thing that I cared about. But it is a thing that happened. <laughs> yes. And, I, you know, we're supposed to be getting some sympathy for Puck in that moment. And I just don't. Nope. I, I don't have the availability to... I know. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I think I kind of did at the time, but more, but not not the sense I felt bad so much as a sense I I felt I could understand why he was feeling frustrated and right. I'm pathetic. I don't really have that now. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little short on empathy and sympathy for uh, for Puck, but no. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and the other last thing, uh, Carol's just amazing, and she should be she and Bert should just adopt everybody because it's not like the rest of them have parents anyway. <laughs> Carol Done. Hudson for all the yeah. episodes. Exactly. I'm down with that. And her best. Yes, honestly, them getting together was the was the best random thing they've done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was not planned, but I'll but take was it. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Take it. I mean, that is ahead. I'm, so, I'm looking too far ahead, but yes. A little, but that's okay. We'll allow it. All right. All right. So we've discussed Quinn and their baby drama and Rachel and Shu and their pedophilia drama. And Kurt and Finn in mm-hmm. a whole different triangle. Um, and Puck off there, over there, far away from everybody. And apparently yeah. uh, Matt Rutherford, who takes a week to get a spider out of his ear. I mean, I think you'd have to claw me off the ceiling. <laughs> so I understand. 
he also just said, fuck it, nobody knows I'm never there, so I'm just going to stay home, and I sympathize. I like that. The um, spider thing was completely an excuse. He just didn't want to have to go to shoes class. Yeah. He didn't want to have to sing with Rachel. Yeah. Like, anymore. Like, I can't deal with it anymore. Uh, let's see, we also discussed our uh, eventual Glee food channel, food network channel, um, and network show. I'm really excited about and it. I think it'll be amazing. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, uh, oh, did you on, uh, uh, did you like any of the songs? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can barely remember any of the songs. Cool, cool. I remember I hated them. Yeah, I remember I hated all. Of them. I mean, it's unfortunate so. because like "I'll Stand by You" is such a good song, and it's like it's wasted. It's over. It's done. We're not going to get to hear it in any other context. Yeah, which is a problem I have with a couple like not. Not all of these songs in particular, but a lot of the songs that Glee covers. Like, could you just have used it for a better scene, a better reason, a better event than the one it's tied to? Yeah. And like, that would be its whole other podcast or just like listing the songs and what I wanted them used for. And that's not really productive right now, but I'll Stand By You could have been so much more meaningful and impactful than being uh, sung to a sonogram. Yeah. Anything is more impactful than singing to a center. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, on, a, on a scale of one to five Kevins, how many Kevins do we give this episode? <sighs> like for his facial expression, like what? A quarter? Point, yeah. Point two five Kevins, maybe? Okay. Well, I have to, I have to ask our and I like I, I instituted the Kevin rating, but are we rating the amount of like awesome Kevinness, or are we using Kevin as a barometer for awesome? I don't really know. I think it's changed. <laughs> I feel like it. Next. Yeah, I, I feel like it should reflect the amount of Kevin in the episode because that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Agree <laughs> with a quarter oh, Kevin. In that case, just, quarter Kevin. It's just yeah, a measure. It's just a measure of Kevin. It's just, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yes, which at the end of the day is all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I was Kevin McKellen. I want to just, like, um, give him some promotion he doesn't need. Um, Kevin's Twitter feed is 10 out of 10 Kevins. <laughs> yes, it is. 10 out, of 10. 10 out of 10 Kevins would recommend. Yes, yes. If you don't follow him on Twitter, that's really all I wanted to say. Go uh, Kevin is a shady when he wants to be, and it's amazing. It is. Also, like, congrats to Kevin. Yeah. You know, for doing things for entirely on his own terms. Yep. You go, buddy. Yeah. I, I, I continue. We continue to stand the best one because Kevin is who we have always stand here at this podcast. <laughs> Our podcast <laughs> is always open for a guest star. Yeah. 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 Kevin, you are welcome to come on anytime you'd like. If you're not too busy we living your best life. Yeah. Uh, we can bring burgers and... <laughs> oh, burgers shit, and I can eat a burger. Dude, I, I had a quarter pounder with cheese yeah. from McDonald's on my little excursion, and it tasted both like death and like the best thing I've ever eaten in my life at the same time. Yep, that sounds like McDonald's. Oh. I was going to say, that's the accurate description of McDonald's. Yeah. I don't think I've had uh, any sort of hamburger product from McDonald's in like 20 years. 
and I probably won't again for another 20, but like, whew, felt good. Felt right like in the moment. Uh, it, they make a tasty product that may, that may not sit well with you, but a tasty <laughs> <It doesn't>. product. <laughs> I'm just there for the nugs. Uh, mm, <laughs> and we're back on food. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, we need to go so some of us can apparently eat. Um, other people have to go follow up on Avengers shit for reasons. Who are they? And, uh, hmm? I said, who what? are they? Who are the Avengers? They're, um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Darkwing Duck, <laughs> the Gargoyles. Oh my God. Impossible. I would watch that. And I think Howard the Duck. I would, abs- I would be there on opening night for that yeah. crossover film. If there was, <laughs> if there was like a DuckTales Darkwing Duck Avenger. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. Just all of the cartoon characters yeah. dressing up as superheroes who are all inexplicably named Chris in, in a movie. <laughs> the Animaniacs <laughs> show up yeah. at the end. They just, they just run through a scene for reasons. Yeah, no reason. <laughs> Background. Oh my god. Well, I know what I'm going to be pitching recently in my next. <laughs> yeah. uh, Great idea, you guys. I look forward to eventually owning that property as well. <laughs> uh, beautiful. And and with that, with that, with Disney owning everything, oh, um, that's uh, that's what you missed on Clean. <laughs> A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, financing at $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through price through capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20%, too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.